right, Kevin, you ready? I'm ready. All right, Ty, you ready? Aye, aye. All right. Timeout, Tyler. Who are we taking a timeout with today? Oh, well, thank you, Kevin. Kevin's got his whistle down here. Oh, man, well, we're having a lunch break today. Uh, timeout with uh, the head coach of Roberts Wesleyan women's basketball team, Coach Kevin Clifford. Coach Kevin Clifford, thanks for having or thanks for coming on the show today. And our first question is, I always like to ask Coops fans, who's your all-time starting five? Tyler and Kevin, thanks for having me on. Uh, I like to be prepared. I was going to ask you what kind of questions you're going to ask me. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, so this is NBA? NBA all-time five? Yeah. Or? yeah. I, lo I love Pistol Pete. I'm going to throw him out there. He didn't play a lot in the NBA, but uh, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, my brother was really good, but I'm not going to put him on that list. Sorry, <laughs> He'll be mad if I don't put him on that list. So. My brother John Clifford was good, too, and my brother Mike at the center. So I was four be, and my sister. We could get a five right there. But, um, we, got, we, got, we got Pistol Peter, John Stockton, uh, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. Wow. You probably got to go Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell, but you know there's so many: Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Tim Duncan. I mean, you know, I like Chris Webber. You know, obviously with Michigan and stuff like that. Derek Coleman. I, mean, I could name. I could drop some names. <laughs> <Tim Duncan. laughs> Oscar Robinson. Oscar Robinson. So, but, but I think, you know, that, I mean, that NBA that dream team was really. I mean, it was when I used to play video games. That, that you know, Chris Mullen. I get that a lot. I look like Chris Mullen when I used to be playing so. Uh, I, I you saying, do look like Chris Mullen. <laughs> get it sometimes. Kevin Tyler, funny story. I was walking to Costco in New York City. I was coaching and I got it twice. There were three kids outside, like they're more like teenagers probably, but I was walking in and they were sitting on the like the like the pole or like the fence and they were kind of like looking at me. And I'm looking at them and I kind of just, you know, I just want to keep going, tunnel vision, you know. And I keep looking side view and they look at me and they're like Yo, yo, are you Chris Mullen? <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like so I went to the castle, went shopping, you know, and then came back out. I tried to say, hey, I'm Chris Mullen, but they didn't give me nothing for free. So, <laughs> um, and then I was shooting hoops, I was shooting hoops in, my, in, my, in my playground in the park, and I was out by myself, and there was another Asian guy on the other side. But I'm not lefty. I was shooting righty. I was shooting a little bit lefty, but Chris Mullen's lefty. And he comes over and he's at the bench and I'm just getting a drink of water and just say hello to him. I say hello to a lot of people just to just to make conversation. He older guy never you could tell like he was just like shooting hoops. I don't think he you know he was shooting incorrectly for him and stuff like that. But I didn't want to start correcting him as a coach. But and then he goes, Are you Chris Mullen? <laughs> Out of the toe. I was like, no. <laughs> random random story. So so but go back to your five, I would say um Again, I mean, you got Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson. I, I'm going to change it. I'm going to go Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and then you got to probably go Russell, Will Chamberlain. You know, you got Shaq. So I'm, I'm giving you like 15 names. <laughs> well, that's a roster. Yeah, that's a heck of a yeah. roster, obviously, and uh, something yeah. that you uh, are passionate about is the sport of basketball. And basketball was one of Tyler and I's favorite sports growing up. And one of my favorite things about basketball is the warm-up, the layup line. Now, if you're starting it off, right, and your song is coming on and you're about to go dunk that ball, Kevin, into the hoop, what song are you uh, wishing layup line started with? DMX, party up, up in here. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. I That's a layup line yeah, right there, Ty. Guys, I, I, I used to DJ, believe it or not. So I so I, I've had a lot of jobs. So I, I know the music world too. Even up in um bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. T I I you know, it's something to get you hyped up. Oh yeah. I was still wearing those rip-off pants. You remember those rip-off <laughs> pants? We need to bring those back for sure. Yes. I love Do them. they still give you a tea if you dunk it in warm-ups? The women's game, I coach, so not too many people dunking on our side. Um, I think the men's have changed it, I think, but I'm not too sure. You can throw it down. You used to be able to dunk and show off, and then you couldn't touch the rim, so I'm not sure now. Right on. Well, uh, Kevin, uh, thanks for being on our show, like we said. Um, well, what's the biggest uh, – what, what's, your, what's your most favorite thing about how the game's transitioned over the years? Because when I grew up, there was the, the paint was clogged. It was hard to get in there. Nowadays, I'm too dang old to drive and penetrate, but holy hell, 
it is so wide open. If you just go play a pickup game, everyone's sitting along the, the three-point line just saying, here, toss it to me. I'm salivating like, guys, if I, if I, get, I had you guys back in the 90s, you'd be dead right now. <laughs> but, you know, what, what is your favorite part of the, of the, of the, the transition over time of just what, whatever your thoughts are, fire away? Because I have yeah, a lot great of question. <laughs> Yeah, great question. I, I, I think the game has evolved a lot. Um, you know, I think the game is different. You know, I, I like the old school game in the terms of the 80s and 90s. That's kind of when I grew up. I mean, you could tell by the names I was dropping there. But um, I had brothers, too, so I even know, like, Bob Cousy and people like that. I don't really get to see them play, but I know, I, you know, Pistol Pete and things like that. I've seen documentaries, read books, but I think the game has changed a lot where it's faster paced now. You know, I, I think shooting has gone down, even though people shoot threes and they move the line back. But overall, I like, think about like Danny Ainge and Dennis Johnson, like they never missed. James Worthy, Michael Cooper, like those guys never really missed. They felt like in open shots. Now I see miss shot, miss shot, miss shot. I'm like, you know, these guys would make it, you know. And there was no zone back then either. So um, I think the rules have changed. You know, I coach women, but I've, I coach men to start. Uh, it's changed a lot in terms of, like, the men's game in college. I don't know if you know this. was two 20-minute halves. The women the last couple of years have gotten a four 10-minute periods. So the one-on-one -on -one shot, the free throw, has, has been taken out of the women's game. I don't know if you know that. So if you get 5,000 in the women's game, you start shooting two shots. But after the first quarter, Tyler, they reset the fouls. So the game has changed. Yeah. It's, wow. And, I'm saying, but, but see, the thing is, in the men's game, Kevin, if, if you say I say we hack each other right away, we foul, and you're in the bonus, you're shooting free throws. So the flow of the game, you know, so that's the reason why they did it in the women's game. So, for, so for example, we have 10 fouls in the first quarter in the women's game, the second team fouls. The second quarter, sorry, I hit a bonus. The second quarter is zero fouls, team fouls. Oh, wow. That is completely so yeah, so it's changed a lot in terms of that. Uh, Tyler, when I coached back in the day, we used to run like a motion offense where it was like two people in the paint, three people out. Now it's like you said, five people outside, five out, four out. So it's opened up the lane. But the women's game, they want to – they really want like – they, they expanded – the women's line now is the men's line, three-point line, about 22 oh, wow. feet. So they, they – so I, I was against the voting. I said no for it because the percentages are not – like we shot 38%, which is pretty good. Uh, for our league, but I don't think it's good overall. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not 44. Like, we were shooting 48%, I could say, hey, move it back. But they really want to open up the gap, like almost like international basketball, probably, you know, where the, mm -hmm. the key is kind of, you know, almost like not a square or rectangle, it's like a, a trapezoid or out wider. So they really want to try to get um, scoring up and things like that. So I think the game's changed a lot, but I think the athletes, like my brother tried out for the NBA back in the day, and they test him for running and jumping. And, and, you know, but he could shoot, he could play, but he didn't, you know, that stuff, we're not, we're not the most athletic family, right? So, um, so, you know, so he went to the Sacramento Kings workout and he said he was working out with like football players, like lifting, bench pressing, and he was strong, but he wasn't strong, like, you know, bench pressing 300 pounds, you know? So, so he ended up playing overseas, but I think the game now is like, you see these guys get drafted. They're like just super athletes, oh you know, they're good basketball players, but they're more, just like you know, generic freaks kind of thing. So, uh, be I scared, think be scared to see some of those guys on the football field. You know, so like Zion yeah. Williams out and uh, LeBron James out there playing tight end or something. <laughs> yeah, you can throw it at just anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> look at those guys. They're like just my six seven, six eight. You know, and and, and uh, LeBron actually played football. You know, he was they, they, when they went on a when they went on a, a lot uh, strike or a lockout. I don't know if you heard the Seahawks. Carol and someone else, they reached out to him. Oh my <laughs> to God. Play, to play. Uh, so imagine those guys in the football field. So Charlie imagine. Ward did it. Charlie Ward played basketball and football at Florida State. I mean, he was, I think, more of a quarterback. But, I, you know, some of those guys are like two, three sport athletes. What I'm amazed now is people play so many sports. Mm -hmm. so they, they, they do so much now. Like back in the day, like we played like, you know, we played all sports, but organized was only basketball. Like it was basketball yeah. year round. Now we have players. You know, playing soccer, basketball, all different mm -hmm. sports. Something, something else. Something else. Yeah. Besides the game changing, like Tyler mentioned, there's there's also an evolution, right? So there's um, the game itself has changed, but probably how you have to lead and coach is also changing, right? With the with the generations, a lot of businesses right now um, have a multi generational workforce. So a lot of leaders are, are really trying to tap into the younger generation and you get to see them before they even hit the streets in the working world, right? And I know you're passionate about them having the right grade point average, 
as well as involvement in the community as, as, as some of the other fundamental pillars there at uh, the, the program there at Roberts Wesleyan. How have you had to adjust the way that you coach or lead over the years? Definitely, definitely. Great question, Kevin. I would say life skills is the most important, grades and all that stuff, but no one really asks you GPA when you go for a job interview, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Think about it. You, 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 I would say, are they trustworthy? You know, what other things do they do besides, you know, where they are on a team, do they wear in a club, you know, all that stuff. But Tyler, to answer your question for Bass, just put some closure on. I think the game has changed in terms of three-point shot. The game has changed in terms of the rules with the defense. Think about it. Derek Harper used to hand check Greg Anthony full court 90 feet. I'm telling you, you can't even blow <laughs> on somebody now. They call a foul. Think about it. Charles Oakley, Bill Lambie, and Robert Parrish fought each other in the game, and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Think about it, right? Now, now you get a flagrant one, flagrant two. You get thrown out of the game. So, uh, but that was off topic. Uh, remind me to talk. I, I Ron Artest, Metal World Peace. Do you know yeah. who he is? Yep. <laughs> I coached him. I got a picture of him. I'll show you guys that in a minute. I coached him. And I coached Carl Towns Jr. in camp. But I coached Ron Artest in CYO. Oh, my so God. Great guy. So, but but I'll, we'll go back. I'm random. I'll go all over the place. So. We love it. But, Kevin, uh, the leadership style. So, we, you mentioned about getting the coaching. My prep school coach told me I was going to be a teacher and a coach. And I couldn't believe it. This guy, Jerry Quinn, awesome guy. He still coached at the same time as more prep school. It's a boys' school. He's coached, like, uh, what's the guy's name? Drummond, Kevin uh, oh, wow. Andre Drummond, and he coached him, and he coached like I mean those guys that play with me that were really really good. I went to North Carolina and Florida State and guys like that. But anyway, he's been there for a long time. But he, I went there after high school. I talked to him. I love what he had to say, and he was always like transparent. You know, like he told me like, exactly you know um, what he said he did, and then he kind of followed up what he said he was going to do. You know, but he um, got me end up getting me a scholarship to Sacred Heart which was probably above my head in terms of level, but they were division two and then they went division one. But um, he said I was going to be a teacher and a coach. So I was a teacher, part-time coach. And now I'm kind of full-time a teacher, a coach. And then I actually teach a class here at Roberts now. So I've kind of, you know, but I look back on it. This guy predicted what I was going to do, you know, and I wasn't sure where I wanted to go at that age. You don't know. You have an idea, you're passionate, but you don't know exactly what you're going to do, you know? So um, when I was 15 years old, um, this is how I ended up coaching Ron Artest. Uh, 15 years old, my coach, this guy, John Mann, um, he was a neighbor. <laughs> he was like the mailman in the neighborhood, but his parents knew my parents. He coached me, coached my brothers, and I played for him, and I was one of the better players. And when I went to high school, he asked me to come back, and I didn't have a lot of time because playing, you know, school, playing high school, RCJV, and he asked me to come back and coach with him. So I was an assistant coach when I was 15 years old, just helping him out. And I wasn't there all the time, but I was there a lot. Uh, when I was 17 years old, I was the assistant coach. His other head coach, great guy, but he ended up showing up for the first practice and then couldn't commit anymore. I don't know if he saw the team and saw like if we were going to be good or bad. And then, and then Ron Artest and two other guys, their program shut down, so they ended up coming over. So now I'm the assistant coach, 17, coaching these 15-year-olds, and I'm now the head coach. <laughs> so oh I was coaching. So, so I've been coaching over 30 years in terms of um, coaching, but I started when I was so young, you know. Um, but I think it's changed. Like when I went, like it was when I coached then, it was like get on the line, run, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and it, they did it to me, right? So I was like, oh, but now, like we do a lot of stuff with the ball, Kev. We do, you know, the way I talk to them. I'm more like positive, high energy. So my leadership style has changed over the years. Um, but I think, you know, not that the kids have changed, but the culture has changed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not big on that entitlement, I'm not big on that trophy culture. Um, you know, I, I came from old school where like you know, we got MVP, man. My parents had a, a shelf and they, my, my, my buddies used to come into the, to the house and they used to, they, it was like, they thought it was a shrine. And my parents, they now, we had plaques, we had trophies, but the thing is we, we earned it. Coach, coach award, most improved MVP, different sports, not just basketball, but you know, but we, we didn't get a trophy for coming. You know, if I, if I didn't win MVP that year or coaches award, I didn't get a trophy, mm -hmm. you know? But, 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 you know, if I came in 10th place, I didn't get a medal, you know, so, um, you know, so, so, so it was really, it was like an honor to get those, those, those trophies and plaques and, you know, championships if we won something or whatever it was. So my parents turned it into like the little living room into like a bookshelf and put all the trophies on it. So, you know, so the expectations were high. 
but I think the coaches, I've had all different types of coaches. You know, Jerry Quinn, the guy from prep school, where he was probably like the laid back guy. Like he would sit there with his legs crossed like this. He would have keys when he got pissed, when he got upset. Sorry. He would throw the keys down, you know, or throw them like at halftime in the locker room or something. But he would never really, he was like almost like Phil Jackson in terms of like during the game. He was like, mm-hmm. I mean, we had a really good team too, but he was very even keel. So I had all different leaderships to, to model after. I think I've kind of developed it over the years in terms of like you take something from here and there and then you make it your own. But I think you got to be yourself. You got to be available. Uh, you got to lead by example. I'm very innovative. So I kind of like, you know, last year uh, it was crazy. Uh, Thriving Chaos was our theme. We actually won the championship first time in school history. And then we went to the NCAA. And we had to stay in a bubble. And, but near Damon, because Damon hosted it for six days, and I literally lived ten minutes from the hotel, and I couldn't leave. Oh go my home. gosh! And, and we had to get tested. We had to bring the players, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Our assistant coaches were doing a great job. Our bus driver, our athletic director, they were all helping. Um, I was doing like seven a.m. to like two a.m. days for like every day for the tournament, and then we won Friday and Saturday, and then we had to play Monday for the Sweet Sixteen. But driving chaos was our theme. And then we actually had posters made up from our team and now they're all over our locker room and stuff. That so is driving awesome. chaos. <laughs> I don't so and we actually got t-shirts made up and gave it out to them, you know, um, that week. Uh, Tyler, Kev, you'll love this. You know, Survive in Advance, March Madness. Yeah. One of my favorite times yeah. of the year. So my friend sends out an email. I'm part of this essential coaching group. Uh and I've been so busy, I haven't really taught them recently, but they're really good guys. And uh, they're really innovative. They're bigger on culture, climate, they call it. Instead of culture, what's your climate in your in your workplace mm-hmm. or your, your locker room? Um, it's called Essential Coaching. You can follow them on like Twitter and things like that. They're really good guys. One, they both coached. One's assistant coach of Division Three, Another one like, was coaching high school. I think he's kind of like really involved in, 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 this, in this group now. Uh, but they sent out an email. So we played, we went Wednesday to day in Buffalo. We played Friday, Saturday, Monday. On Monday, we found out all the logistics. So we had two days to prepare. So think about like wow. upside down, chaos, <laughs> chaos. We thought we were going to go to Damon and come back because we're only an hour away from Buffalo. And they told us all the teams had to go there and stay there because of the bubble, because of COVID. So anyway, um, I get an email from my these two guys and they 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 tell me, uh, they send an email. They say survive in advance, right? So mm-hmm. survive. Then they put drive in advance. So I was like, oh, so I just and I had these t-shirts ready to be made, survive in advance for the tournament. And this just happened Monday, so they had to get a press. They had to get the shirts. Our AD had to get them ready, which I can't believe they did them so quick. So I changed the name to Drive in Chaos because they said that on the email too. Drive in Chaos wow. instead of survive in advance and drive in advance. So so our team was Drive in Chaos instead of survive in advance. And uh, we got T-shirts made up in like two days, so it was crazy. So I think you got to be flexible, you got to adapt. Yeah, so, but I think my that's coach, something, my that's something I, that I didn't even I didn't even think about. You know, you you sit back, you see these student athletes, they're dealing with the same adversity, and we were hearing words like uh, uh, resilience, right? And and I think that you coming into a program, but then having it to go through such, let's say, chaos, like you're putting it. Um, you had to probably develop trust with your, with your student athletes. How, when you're going into a new program, because you, you came over from Buff State and you were coaching previously down in New York, uh, Mount St. Mary's as well. What, are you, what do you do to, I guess, set the tone of that climate? Like, how do you set the tone as a coach, as a leader, as, as a mentor um, that you probably are to, to a lot of these women that you're coaching today? Great question. Great question. Did I answer your other question, Kev? Yes, did you did. That? All right. Good. Um, it's funny you said that resilience was our word of the year. John Gordon said, come up with a word. So in January last year, we came up with a word. So we had resilience and then it was driving chaos. But resilience was the word January, February, March. So anytime like we lost a game, hey, let's be resilient. And, but the players came up with this. So I'm very hmm. collaborative in that. The other thing is trust. You know, they got to trust you. They got to trust, you know, you got to trust them. But I think uh, John Calipari has a great book called Players First. Um, and, and he's really big on that. Like, his players come first. Like, today, I had a player come by 1130. And I thought I put some snacks in the uh, in the office. 
you know, a little candy and stuff like that, just around. <laughs> um, little things, just so you know, they might stop by. It's funny, they come right in. They don't even say hello anymore. They just come in and get the snack. I'm like, hey, hello, good afternoon, how's your day? <laughs> <laughs> but the player came in, she had class, and she'd been, you know, struggling a little bit. And she came in, she goes, Coach, how you doing? And she's like, yeah, like, I thought she wanted to talk to me, and then I, then I thought she wanted a snack. So she took a Slim Jim snack. She started <laughs> talking to me. The chair kind of had stuff on it, so I don't think she could sit down. So I thought maybe, like, you know, she had, like, personal problems. She goes, can you shoot with me? And I, I, I'm not going to say no, you know, like, she wanted to work on layup. So so we went out and worked on – but you got to be available is my point. you got to be really available. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, people say open-door policy. You know, like, right now my door is closed. But, you know, you want to have your door open as much as possible with respect, I call it. Open-door policy with respect. They can't just come in here and start yelling at me. You know, so, <laughs> Kevin Tyler, I think I think it's trust. I think when I first take over a program, I hit the ground running like like I've done it before. Like when I first did it, it might be different, but now it's like I I start calling the players up. I get a, you know I you know I once I get the job, I know like I start reaching out to them. Like hey Kevin, hey how, how did you know what was last year like? What was your role? What you know just to get to know them. Mm-hmm. You know there's like a first thirty days, a first sixty days. I could talk more about that, but um, but I think just being positive and being energetic. So our first team meeting. I showed up in a suit um, in August, late August. It was hot out. I met the team. I bought some, you know, I'm big on like bringing snacks and things to a meeting. I never have a meeting without, unless unless you're in trouble and you did something bad. Like, but, <laughs> but if it's a team, or a team gets so I brought like these. It's funny I have all these things on hand. I brought like Swedish fish, right? <laughs> um, I love this. Guys, come out of your office you gotta come out of your office man you gotta love this like i have snacks candy you know you know water for you know custodians always here late night i work late so i'm like i give them water and stuff like that and oh like you God. know you want you want to appreciate people right treat the janitor like you treat the ceo you know and mm-hmm. i learned that my dad was a custodian so i learned that a long time ago but um so kevin i go to the meeting and i bring the sweetest fish and sour patch kids and i just leave them around and the players are asking me all these questions. What I do is to make the meeting shorter, I put out an index card and have them write down questions. Hmm. They can still ask questions, but in case someone is afraid to ask a question, so I take the index card. I kind of just do icebreakers, kind of hit the ground running. I ask them what they want to keep, what they don't want to keep from the previous year. Uh, the good thing is the associate head coach, Coach Rosati, he's the one that recommended me for the job. He was already in the, in the program, so he had some things established. He really empowered the leaders. We had a couple upperclassmen that were captains, and he really empowered them. So when I got here, to be honest with you, they were already, you know, I got I started September, I think 10th. So they started. They were two weeks in already. They they wow. were, you know, they had a strength and conditioning program. So he really empowered them too. So so it was just a really good positive atmosphere. We did have some players that did not want to play for different reasons. Um, and when I talked to them, I, I, I'm not going to beg you to play, but I told them what we could offer them. And then I also asked them, you know, what their concerns are and see if we could change that. You know, it wasn't fun for them anymore. So I really try to make it fun. Mm-hmm. So we're big on family, fundamentals, fun, three Fs. Uh, we have these four A's that we go by too. Their attitude, attendance, academics, as we talked about. Kevin, and then and then um, athleticism. Wow. So if you have a 4.0, you're a great person, great kid, great teammate, but you can't make a layup. Unfortunately, you you be on the team, but you might not play a lot, right? <laughs> Say you're a great player, but you have you know you're under a 2.0 and you're not eligible, you're not going to play, right? Because mm-hmm. the NCAA. So so those four A's have really been our culture standpoint, and Coach Rosati has implemented a lot of those things, and we've kind of kept them going. So. Uh, but I think making it fun, being, you know, having a positive atmosphere, like, again, like you got to see that like, we had, we had them decorate the locker room. We call it safe space. So mm-hmm. locker room is not the best locker room, right? It's not the newest, it's not, but we, you know, get things and then they decorate it. And then and now it's their own space, you know? So now they want to come to practice. They want to come to work, mm-hmm. you know? It, it, you know, we, we've listened to music in practice. We've done, I play dribble tag, college dribble tag, like, you know, um, they don't like it that much because they run around a lot, but I think it takes their mind off, you know, school and everything else. So I think just making it fun and just being like, you know, you know, my college coach was a great, you know, great guy, but I didn't really went to see him and talk to him all the time, like where I should have, you know, I, I, I kind of want the opposite. I want them like when the players check in and come by, it's, you know, it's a great feeling, you know? So but I think being trustworthy, being available, loyalty is big for me. 
Um, but I think you got to have some fun. Like you got to be you. You know, it's not always going to be fun. There's going to be some boring things, Tyler, and, and things that they don't want to do. You know, but but I think, like I used to in practice when I played and coached the early stages where we ran suicides, which are banned now. The word we call them champions, or we wow. ran seventeen, right? Like running, just run, run, and then I had to play a run, run. Remember that? I had to play a run, right? It's not a funny story, but it is a funny story. He was running. I was seventeen years old on our test team, so we did it. So I must have ran a lot in high school that day. So I came to practice that night, and I was running them. And their effort wasn't that good, so I ran them, and I didn't time them. Like, now I have a stopwatch, and I, <laughs> I time everything. I remember that. You I, know I, when I, they're I, dogging I, it, I, yeah. <laughs> I have sweet fish, I have whistles, I have stopwatches. <laughs> so um, they're running, right? They run. And back then, it was just they run, and I'm like, oh, that's not fast enough. Run again. So I ran them and ran them and ran them. And, and again, this is old-school leadership where, you know, mm -hmm. And the kid, I heard him, I was going to stop it. Like, they ran pretty hard. And uh, if he makes us run again, I'm out of here. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> run again. The, kid, the kid ran, went to the stage, got his uh, Philadelphia Eagles starter jacket, grabbed it, and went out the door, and I never saw him again. Um, and then he came back two years later, and he was, like, clapping on people. And he was actually, you know, a really good player. But it kind of motivated him to come back. But, but I wouldn't do that again. Yeah. You know, so I've changed a lot over the years. So I think you got to change as a leader, like be you, but I think you got to learn, like, you know, get to know your people. Relationships are really important. You know, you know, like my players, like, do I know if they have a brother or sister? Do they have, you know, what's their home life? Like what motivates them? What pet peeves they have? Like I have a preseason meeting where it's nothing to do with basketball. It's mm -hmm. just to get to know them, you know? So those are just some things. I love that. Awesome. You're getting me fired up. You have my pretty much my dream job over there. I, I have dreams of being on the sideline at the University of Arkansas, you know, bringing him back 40 minutes of hell, whatever it takes. But I always wanted to touch on, you know, when I talk to a collegiate Roland, coach. Roland Richardson. Roland Richardson. Oh, absolutely. Rolling with no one, my man. Yeah, Carlos uh, Williamson. I love that. Yeah, well, big nasty. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, so the recruiting side of this would be probably my favorite part. Like, that's when you get to get creative, I, I would think, and, and, and to kind of just really touch kids' hearts to have, have them look at your school, at least. Do you have any awesome success stories around recruiting, or did you pull one off out of nowhere and get a top recruit just some crazy way? Great question. Um, you want to be, like, on the sideline? Like, practicing games are the fun part. People don't realize, like, the paperwork, the time, like, 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 especially at the higher levels. I coach high school where I used to teach, coach high school, and then leave. I didn't have an office, you know. Here, like, you know, like, we're, you know, meetings and, you know, practice planning. And, like, you know, it, it doesn't end. Like, I have I have a whole folder of practice plans. Like, just, I mean, John Wooden was really, like, he would take three hours just to work on a plan. And then the practice wow. is maybe two hours. Like, so I, this is a practice plan. Here's another one. Like, we mark it up. You know, like, so I have, like, so I keep them and then I kind of just grade them and things like that. So I think there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of like administrative stuff that people don't realize, like even NBA, like I have, you know, seven o'clock's a game. I have friends that are 6 a.m. meetings, you know, staff meetings. Then they have, um, you know, player position meetings. Then they have workouts. Then they, you know, then, then they got to be in the, the arena three, four hours before the game. Like, I mean, they're traveling. Like, it's a great lifestyle probably, but it's also like, <laughs> You know, they're not just showing up and practicing games. So I think coaching is, you know, is more than more than just coaching. It's a, it's a lot of things. It's you know, fundraising, community service, uh, recruiting, camps, clinics. You know, I love it, uh, but you know, you need help too. You can't do it alone. You know, um, for recruiting, believe it or not, Tyler, a lot of coaches have left coaching because of the recruiting part. You know, they're away from their families, they're traveling. They're you know, to me, I love it. The challenge, you know, and it's. Dean Smith's favorite quote, I'm a big quote guy, is not what you run, it's who's running it. So I could do 40 minutes of hell, Tyler, but if me, you, and Kevin are, are coach, uh, playing, we're not going to be pressing anybody. <laughs> you know, no, sir. That would be a short game for me. Yeah, no, no run and jump going on. Three on three. Three on three will be all right. At the, you know. but, uh, but, but, but think about it. So, so I could run a Princeton offense, but if I don't have, you know, really basketball IQ players or like we try to run dribble drive a couple of years ago, which is like a lot of dribbling. And I'm kind of old school where I was like, they're dribbling a lot for like, I like passing, ball movement. And then you still got to dribble, right? But, but, um, 
and, and we had some, a couple of injuries, so the players that we thought could do the dribble drive, so we had to go back to our like our other stuff that we run. But the dribble drive wasn't for us. We thought it was, and then you know, but like Kyle Parry, Kentucky, he gets guys NBA, you know, you know, one and dones or one and a half and dones, and 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 they and they and and he's successful with that, right? So so I think it's kind of you know your philosophy evolves but your system and your plays kind of change every year based on recruiting so my point is recruiting is really important it impacts like like Kyle Parry he's a great recruiter you know he's a good in-game coach you know that's you know I think he is but people can question that you know coach K from Duke you know those guys like he got Carlos Williamson you know uh, not Carlos Williamson Zion Zion Williams sorry um you know Nola Richardson got Carlos Williamson years ago I mean that team was loaded like you know Kyle Parry when he had Lou Rowe and Marcus Cammy so I think recruiting is, it's really a process, Todd. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, you got to have relationships. The good thing now is, like, say you coach women's basketball at high school. You could, hey, Coach Cliff, I got a play you got to take a look at. And now I could go look at it, but at least I have that lead. That's the hard part, getting that lead, getting that fit. But now, because of relationships, it's big on recruiting. So I have these five R's in recruiting. I'm not going to go into, but one of them is relationships. High school coaches, AU coaches, junior colleges, uh, but Tyler, I love going out. There's some showcases now. You go out, you can watch three courts at once, you know. Um, but I've been pretty good with it. Um, you know, I've had some player of the years and rookie of the years. Um, I'll give you a funny story. Um, like you were saying, I had a player in City College. She was rookie of the year. We recruited her. My assistant coach you know, helped with it a lot. Um, but I was at, we hosted the event. So we're at City College, we're hosting this event and it's a big showcase. And, and City College is a big gym, big gymnasium. You know, it's in the middle of Harlem. Parking's not the best. So the guy was working at tickets. So he grief to it to this day, but a parking ticket. But so I'm at the event, I'm working the event, like as a staff member, like making sure it runs smoothly, like a supervisor, but I'm also recruiting. So I'm watching these games. I see this player. Super fast, one of the fastest players I've ever coached. And I've coached Ron Artest, I've coached pros, I've coached semi pros. And I see this play like a corner of my eye, like she's on the other corner. I'm trying to watch five courts by myself, no assistant coaches. That year, Kev, 1.6 GPA, six players, no assistant coaches. Wow. Like crazy. Right? I got to slow down a little bit. I talk quick. So, but um, wow. I'm, I'm, supervising, I'm supervising this event. I look over and I see this girl, Anika. Her name's Anika, A N I K A. And I'm like, wow, she's really fast. So I come over and I'm looking, I'm talking, like I'm watching. I start talking to coaches, find out who she is. After the event, because there's a lot of rules, I start talking to the, to the mom. And they, they go, Are you a scout? And I'm like, To me, I'm evaluating. Scouting to me is like I watch the team I'm playing next week and I scout them out. NBA is different. And uh, Major League Baseball scouts, right? They got scouts. So to me, we're a recruiter, but not a scout. But that's what she said to me. I was like, um, I'm kind of a scout. I said, I'm a college coach right here at the school. And and she's like, oh, I had no idea that was her daughter. So I was like, I'm like, she's like, who are you looking at? I'm like, oh, that player right there. It was her daughter. So I start talking to her, all this stuff. So now we get her going. Now she comes for the visit, right? She was looking at some Division twos. We were Division three at the time. We weren't good. We were a terrible record, but she changed the program kind of. So she comes for the visit. They had a scandal city college in like 1960s for the point shaving. Google it if you don't know about it. So, um, but we're division three now. I'm on the visit with her, right? The mom. And I come see her and she's like, has this like, the daughter loves the school. Like the daughter wants to come, but now she wants to check out the school. She couldn't visit when the daughter visits. So the daughter wants to come. And then the mom, so I, I start walking the, the mom around campus. And I read this book by Dan Tudor about like objections, like people are going to object, like, why should I come play for you? Why should I go, go to your company? You know, why should I work for your company? Why should I buy your product? Think about this. All those people that are listening to this video, like if your business, you got to know what the objective is and then you could kind of flip it if you don't know. That. So she's talking about this point shaving scandal. So he, so in the book, he kind of talks about like objectives and things like that, how you handle it. So I just kind of spun it and I just, I was, I was myself, but I just said, so we're division three. I was like, we're not points. We're not gambling on games. We're not we're budget. We don't have any money. We're not, you know. So she so shut. But by by the end, I'm telling you, she had this straight face with a whole tour, two hours. I showed her everything. Showed her what the what we had to offer. Told her what we're gonna, you know, our why, what we're gonna give, um, you know, what kind of experience her daughter's gonna have. By the end of the tour, her mom was smiling. Wow. <laughs> so it was wow. a player that we didn't think we were gonna get. She becomes rookie of the year. Unfortunately, her second year, 
Um, she ended up transferring Division Two, which is unheard of. Someone going Division Three and then going Division Two. Sometimes you hear people go Division One and they're not good enough, and then they go mm -hmm. to or they didn't play enough or whatever. I'm not saying they're not good enough, and then they go not a good fit, and then they go to Division Two. Um, so that was one. Um, we had this other girl, Tyler um, Speedy. Uh, it's an interesting story. You really, when you recruit, you, it's a process, right? So we had this girl Kelly on our team at Mount St. Vincent, really good player, and we had a hard time giving her the ball. So I said, Kelly, who I asked in house. I said, Kelly, who do we need? Like, what? She goes, we need a point guard. I have a point guard from high school that I play with. Her nickname was Speedy. I said, great. <laughs> and now again, I look at Speedy, you know. So I go watch her play. She's about five two, you know, really thin, really small. And she looked like she was 12 years old, but she was a you know junior and senior in high school at the time. I went to see her play like eight times, and I felt bad because I don't you know you don't want to be like you know stalking and coming every every day. But like, so I show up, and City College now was like where we used to coach at, and we used to lose players to Mount Saint Vincent Tyler. So now I'm at Mount Saint Vincent now. So the roles are reversed now. So I do it with me maybe like am I doing something? But it's also the location and Staten Island and the school and you know private school compared to city school. They're both good but it depends on the fit, right? So I go to the game, the city college assistant shows up. I'm already there. I'm sitting with the family. I'm early. They come in late. They go walk right by us. I'm like, they're not getting there. I'm like, I'm going to get this player. Like I'm sitting with the family. I'm recruiting her. And they, they and they're going to city college was Mount Smith. And it's interesting because I used to coach there. Right. But I saw her so play so many times. She, she could have played division two. She had some division two offers. We end up getting her. Right. She ended up coming to Mount St. Vincent. She should have won rookie of the year. She got first team. I ended up leaving to go to Buff State her senior year. She won player of the year. Oh my her God. freshman year, she, she won the assist. She led the, uh, had the most assists in Division Three, um, in all Division Three. Wow. You know, all, all the whole state. She had the number one assist. And then her senior year, she had a thousand points, over a thousand points. And, you know, she texted me the other day, how you doing? I stayed in touch with her and stuff like that. So that's one of those stories, Tyler, like that's recruiting, so like, you know, I wanted a player, you know, I, we, we, you know, we might have lost her somewhere else, but uh, you know, I had to do my work, you know, hard work wins, I say. Um, and we got her. That's amazing. And we had her winning a championship in three years. So, so that, like I said, it's not what you run, it's who's running it. <laughs> and I love that. But uh, it's, yeah. we're seeing we're seeing something similar too right now, Coach. Right, is like uh, in the world of work. Right, uh, there's so much. There's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of options. Just like college basketball, there's D1, there's D2, there's D3. But then there's a lot of schools that make up each of those divisions. When you're recruiting, right, um, a lot of times organizations today are are struggling to find the top talent, um, and I think a lot of it has to be about that employee value proposition, or like you said, is communicating the why, right? And the experience that they're going to have. And you mentioned that you have five R's to recruiting. What are the five R's? And, and is it something that you think businesses can learn from, right? In your experience, because you're dealing directly with this up and coming generation, um, what are the five R's and how can businesses start to use this approach um, as to how they recruit uh, new talent? I agree. I think people are going to negative recruit. When I was at Buffalo State, people used to say, you know, they told the volleyball, the volleyball coaches had a player and the other coaches in the conference or even out of conference said, you're going to get shot there if you go there. <laughs> you know, that, that's like crazy. Like, you know, for us to hear that, I was like, that's messed up, right? So I don't negative recruit. I don't talk about it. When people say like our rival, I say great school, great program, and that's it, you know. Hmm. Um, you know so, so I don't negative recruit. I really focus on what we have to offer you know, what is our why? What is our mission statement? I got this from Jimmy Johnson, Coach Johnson. You know, your personal mission statement. You know, do you have a team mission statement? Um, we have all those. We have these posters that I showed you, like the driving chaos, and we have the players make it up. They make it up. It's not my mission statement. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a vision statement. It's a global powerhouse. Uh, I, I, you know, I made that up. My, you know, national powerhouse. We want to be a global powerhouse because we had, when I first got here, we had three international players. Oh my God. So that's why we kind of did the global, you know, so that was the reason why we did it. Um, when I do a drill, Kevin, I, I used to just, Hey, let's do a three man weave. Hey, let's run, you know, but now I tell them, Hey, we're going to run because we got to be in shape because we run, got it. you know, so the why is really important. Um, I don't think it's what you do. It's how you do it as well. 
So like what drill we do, like everybody's doing probably similar drills. Like I went to watch Gino Arama speak and he was doing the drills that I was doing, but it's how they were doing it, how hard they were doing it, the intensity of they were doing it, like who was doing it, you know, who was running it, you know? So, uh, but I, but I think, I think recruiting Kevin Tyler, you like this, it's very personable. Like I, mm-hmm. when I first started recruiting, I used to just send out these general letters because we had to do, and some, some, some places have to do this because of bulk recruiting. Like mm-hmm. for example, we have a, a coach of ours, um, he's coaching track. He has to get a certain amount of numbers and he has to go after. So it's really hard to make it personal. Like for us, we have four seniors leaving. We need four or five spots. We can narrow this down and say, hey, these are five we want. I can make it personal. So when you come visit, I make it personal. I have an itinerary for you. I have, a, you know, maybe a note written for you. You know, there's a lot of rules too. Mm-hmm. So you got to mm-hmm. follow the rules. Um, so I think making it personal, like for example, I send an email. Some people say, dear coach. How about dear coach Clifford? Yeah. Hey, how about you? Hey, Kevin, hey, Tyler. Like, you know, just say hello. Good afternoon. Like if you make it personal, well, like, you know, they say coach Clifford. Kevin, it's funny. You said Mount St. Mary's. I actually coached at Mount St. Vincent, but we had a recruit, Tyler, that we were both recruiting and she, she was recruiting us. She must've sent out an email to the Mount St. Mary's coach, but she must've copied and pasted it. And she sent it to me and she said, coach Clifford, but then she put Mount St. Mary's. Meanwhile, we're Mount St. Vincent's and we were a rival. I was like, we had them still recruiting her, but you want to make sure that yeah, it's personal. You know? So, but uh, the five R's, Kev, is again, it's more for uh, when I talk to like my friends AAU team and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just general. So one is relationships. So do mm-hmm. I know you? Every sense is like who you know, right? You ever heard that saying? It's who you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I changed I changed it a couple of years ago. It's who you know, but then it's what you know. So Kev, you got me a job, Tyler. You got me a job at Arkansas, right? Because you know me, and I got a job at Arkansas. All right, that's my next dream job now. <laughs> so, All right, but now, but now I go there and we go five and twenty. It's what you know, like they, I, you, I got a job because of you guys. But now, can you keep my job? You know, those, mm-hmm. those alumni and boosters are going to be like, get this guy out of here, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's, it's who you know and it's what you know. But now I learned this from Brian Stanchek, which is an agent. He was a coach, um, a basketball coach and athletic director. It's who knows you. So, for mm-hmm. example, Tyler, I know you but you don't know me. Like I, I met you, but, or like, we don't really know each other, but like now I know you, Tyler, you know me, Kevin, I know you, you know me, you know, like I know Ron Artest, I coached Ron Artest later on, 20 years later, I saw him. He can't, he, you know, he was going through some stuff. I don't know if you remember, you know, he, mm-hmm. I started telling him who I was, you know, like, you know, I knew him, but mm-hmm. can I call him up and say, Hey, you know, come speak to my team, you know, Car Towns Jr. I know him. He knew me. I knew his dad. I went to his, um, his dad's practice and ran a practice room, and then I kind of lost touch with him. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's who knows you, like, um, yeah, I, I think that. it's important. Yeah, awesome. Uh, who knows That's you. relationships. That's relationships. Number two, so networking, right, but positive networking. People network to, like, get jobs. I network to, like, to build relationships, and then maybe down the road it, that might help me get a job, but that's not my purpose. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, so one relationships, two is respond. Think about how many emails you get and mm-hmm. people don't respond. You know, I work or, you know, I get ton. I, I'm telling you, I get hundreds of emails. Like our computer was down before this morning. So I'm going to get a lot more later on. Probably, but we get recruits. <laughs> the avalanche. Yeah. Yes. So respond. But even, but think about recruiting time. I used to send out emails, but I wouldn't get the response like from the player. Like, you know, are they not interested? So it wasn't personable. Now I get them to respond for the most part. Now I'm in a different situation where I'm Division Two. Division Three is harder, no scholarships, right? Division Two, I'm they're reaching out to us a little bit too, which is a good fit. If they're reaching out to us and we like them, it's usually a good fit. But a lot of times coaches try to like say, "I saw you play, Kevin, yesterday," and then I reach out to you and you don't respond. Sometimes you don't know what to say. Hey, we're not interested. Thanks for interest. You know, mm-hmm. I do this one touch thing when I get an email. A lot of people go, "I'll go back to it later." I'm gonna forget. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, even if I say, Hey, thank you. I got your email. I will review your video. So we get a lot of video and film, you know, so responding. The next thing is researching. I've had players go for interviews, Kevin, Tyler. I had coaches, assistant coaches. I had five assistant coaches at Buff State go for one, one position. So I came from New York. I had a lot of people that wanted to come with me to, from New York to Buffalo, like that I knew, but you know, they had to find a place, the, mm-hmm. the salary, so it was easy for me when I had jobs in New York. I had coaches always looking to coach with me, right? When I went to Buffalo State, I didn't know a lot of people. The previous coach mentioned, recommended some people. 
I had some coaches that recommended some people. So I had five people interview. I liked them all. I liked them all. The one I hired, she found my office by herself because one person got lost. Um, the other two that were really, they were good. I started asking about the conference, about the school. They did not know anything about the conference or school. They didn't do their research. So my point is research. So you're mm-hmm. going for a job interview. You, know, you don't have to know the year the, the company was born, even though I do. But you, you, but 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 you know, no, you know, look at the rosters, look at the school, look at the mission statement, look at the product, look at the people there. You know, uh, usually my like, my interview here was six hours. Like wow. I met the president, I met the AD, I met the HR people. So I had to like, I mean, I was researching, researching. It's funny, I called Coach Rosati up, and I was like, you know, am I prepared? Or I get he's like, he's like, you're prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, you know. And I was over-prepared kind of thing, but I, you know, I was worried about like, if they asked me a question, I didn't know it, you know? So I think researching it, any questions about those three so far? So no, I love, this is, this is very you. applicable, I think, to, uh, yeah. to the world of work too. But think about it, you go for a job interview and you just show up like thinking you got the job already. Like I'm showing up like, you know, cause, cause I, I think in my eyes, I feel like a lot of times people are looking there like, why shouldn't we hire you? Mm-hmm. So my job is to why they're going to hire me, my passion, my energy, mm-hmm. you know, being early, you know, um, I'll give you a funny story at Buffalo State. I went for a job interview. They flew me up. I didn't really know it. Right. So like that point where that one coach couldn't find the office, it's a big school. Right. But for me, in my eyes, I went there next the night before. So I got in. So my interview was on Tuesday, Monday night. I went around. I had a shuttle from the hotel. It was dark out. But I just had to drive around the campus. The campus was huge. I had no idea. I'd never been there before. I looked on online. But I, I just went around and just kind of killed my nerves. And just where was I going? What building mm-hmm. was I going to? The next day, the interview was at 11.45. And they had someone before. Guess what time I showed up? 11. This is really early. right? You want to be like 15, 20 minutes early. I was an hour early. So I show up. And I just wanted to walk around on my own. And I met the equipment guy. And we're still friends to this day, six years later. And he's handing out the football stuff. It was like late, like July, August. He was getting ready for like football stuff. But he had all the stuff outside. I go, hey, I'm looking for so-and-so. And Brent was like, he called the guy up that was running the event and he uh, running the interview process. And he's like, he's here already? Because they had another interview. I didn't know. Like I, you know, <laughs> wow. I didn't wanna... so, so this guy, Brent, showed me around to kill some time. It was the best thing because he gave me all this information. He goes, oh, this is the gym. We host a high school. We host this. So it was unbelievable because That's now funny. when I say expansion got recruiting style, so it really helped me for being early, right? So I really knew the school. I had a portfolio. You ever go to an interview without a portfolio or you know, not in your resume and cover letter, but the things you have. Mm-hmm. They started asking me all these questions, Tyler and Kevin, about like um, there's some drilling going on. So if you hear some noise, <laughs> sorry about that. Driving chaos. <laughs> um, but um, they they started asking me all these questions. I had this portfolio, and I didn't take it out. They asked me about practice planning, camps, budget. And I was like, hold on. And I took this thing, but my portfolio was like a binder, and I just passed it around. And while they were looking at it, all the people were asking me questions. But it was like mm-hmm. rapid fire. You ever see who's just where the guy's in the, you know, and, and everybody's like, you know, the town court, and they're really – that's what I felt like. People just rapid fire asking questions, and – and but I was I was prepared, right? So mm-hmm. any question they asked me, scout reports, practice plans, you have a sample. I had all those things. Imagine the other coaches did it. Yeah, that's why it separates yourself. Big time, oh, big wow. time. Yeah. All right, what are the what are the final two? Preparation equals separation. Preparation. I love that. Equals separation. Dr. Gilbert. But anyway, um, I'm name dropping a little bit today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, keep it keep it coming. <laughs> yes. The other two is for us is recruiting visits. A goal. So if you're going to buy a house, go check it out. If you're going to buy a car, if you're going to go get the company, go check it out. You know, go stay for a day. You know, if you're looking at a college, can you do an overnight visit? Can you do an online tour? You know, so for us, it's our recruiting visits. That's a big one for us, Tyler, for recruiting. You know, getting them on campus. Some stay for the day. Some stay for the night. Some do unofficial, official. Uh, you know, there's so many different types, you know. Uh, a lot of paperwork to do with that too. Awesome. That's four. And then the other one is reach out. So think about it. reach out, connect. You know what I do? You guys will love this. I think I got this years ago. I got all the, you got to come by the office guys. I got a yeah, jar. We are. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what's in the jar? It's all the business cards that I've got over the years. 
And what I do is when I, you know, I don't get a lot of free time, but like, oh, this person, hey, I haven't reached out to them in a while. I'll just say, hey, Kev, how you doing? Check mm-hmm. in with you. You know, um, so you know, and it's, a lot of them is like people that send me notes. You know, I might keep the the little you know return address. So I, you know, and I just have a jar of just my kind of my my contacts. And not everyone, you know, something my phone now and thing. But you know, I used to have like that little business card holder. But reaching out, uh, I had a friend of mine. He was a coach. And when he was a coach, he said he made three new contacts every day. Wow. For recruiting, Tyler. You know, we have a coach here that tries to do five recruiting emails each day. Uh, that's, it could be time consuming, right? So, but for me, I try to connect. Like we have this recruiting website called Field Level. And I go on there and I connect with people. And it's crazy because then it's awesome because they start emailing me back like Facebook and they say, and they start recommending me players. I don't even know who they are. Wow. Uh, it's like, I don't even know who they are. I just connect with them and then, you know, and now I've come become friends with like five or 10 of them, but I have like thousands on there, but there's a few that like, you know, if I'm on a zoom, they might go on a zoom now and they listen to me and, and we build that contact. So, so I think networking and reaching out, but even like, say I'm a, say I'm a basketball player in high school, reach out to the coach. They're waiting for the coach to reach out to you. They might not know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our best recruits have been the ones that have been the best fit. Like they reach out to us. We like them. And then we follow up, following up, reaching out. I'm mm-hmm. big on that. You know, how many mm-hmm. people like right now we talk and then we don't talk for four months. Yeah. Hey, about an email, follow up. Hey, thanks for meeting. You know, even a job interview, a handwritten note. Handwritten note goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but those, those are the five. So reaching okay. out, I think is. Those are, those are such, um, I think again, is like knowing what I know uh, about the competition that's out there in the working world is those five R's are still um, so uh, usable, um, I think, by uh, talent acquisition experts, uh, recruiters themselves, HR departments, and CEOs. One of the questions um, that, that we'll end on is I have had, and Tyler has had, and his father being a coach. Coaches make it made a profound impact on my life, right? Both positive and negative. What is one of the best memories that you have on the impact that you didn't realize you had on a player while they were playing for you, but maybe years later came and shared, Hey, when you did this, this really made a difference in my life. Is there anything that stands out in your head, Kevin, that really is top of mind and, 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 and carries you with that energy and the passion that you have on through in coaching? Wow. Yeah. The good thing is I follow up with a lot of players. Like I still say happy birthday to them and things like that. I keep track of a lot of that stuff. So, you know, I'm passionate about that. They, they keep in touch. Like the Mount St. Vincent team, they won a championship in three years. So that team is really close themselves. So like, you know, they, they'll come to our games. And when we're playing downstate, and they're not playing no more, they'll come watch our game. Like, that's really, you know, impactful. So so I think trying to stay in touch with them. I've coached so many players, so it's really hard to stay in touch with every single one of them. But I try. I'm big on following up and staying connected. I'll give you this quote about coach and impact, Kevin. A coach, and you've seen this before, a coach will impact more young people a year than the average person does in a lifetime. Wow. Billy Graham. A coach will impact more young people a year, a year, and the average person doesn't like that. I've been coaching for 30 years. Wow. So hopefully That's I've been so many lives. Yeah. But Kev, but Kev, there's been some players that I, you know, I regret, like, I wish I handled it better. You know, I wish I, like, that one kid that took the jacket, you know what? I'm, I'm I, 10 years later, I was hanging out with the guy, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I was joked about it. But, but at the time, you know, I was like that coach that butted ahead. So I really try to get to know them. Tom Izzo's big on this. If you have the relationships, you could be on him. Like he gets on him. Like you see him in practice, like in the game, but he, there was, there was an article about him. Like he was yelling at the kid, but you know what? If you read about up on him, he, he, he makes them write goals, Tyler. So Tyler, you're a freshman. You say, I want to be rookie of the year. You know what he does? He puts on the goal on the sheet and next card. And he goes, they came up with this. Now I'm going to hold you accountable. Yes. Now it's real. So yeah. So, but the thing is he's hard on them. You know, so you want to be demanding, not demeaning. Uh, but I think I've had a lot of impact on players, but players have impacted me too as well, right? Um, Kev, I think, you know, the biggest thing is the players, like I said, like I went to um, um, New York to go back to the Mount St. Vincent and I was in the area and the players wanted to like get together and just meet. And it's funny, a couple of them are coaching now and we're out to dinner. And it was the Kelly Frazier's, the Speedies, that Mount St. Vincent team, right? They were seven and 18. And then Speedy and them came in, they were 22 and six, two years later. Again, it wasn't, 
you know, it was a recruiting time that really helped us, right? Why and can't the, the Knicks do that? <laughs> buy in, you need the buy in, Kev. You need the culture, though, the climate, right? The, and you know what? Also, if you're losing, so we were 7 18 the year before, they were 7 18, Kev, and time we were competitive my first year, but every time the game was close, it was almost like, here we go again, right? That mm -hmm. losing culture. So now you got to like, not play to lose, but play to win, but expect to win. You're going to lose sometimes, but like, so we brought these players in the next year. We were winning a game and the other team came back and we came back and beat them. I was like, culture's changed. <laughs> just mm -hmm. like, and, and not just like that, but, you know, um, so, but back to the point. So we were 22 and six, we won the championship, first time in school history. They, a couple of years later, we go out to dinner. There's many of them from the team, not all of them. We're having dinner, hanging out. I had to get home and a lot of them coached. They go, coach, can you draw that play up for me? Can you draw that play? For me? I'm like, the play was for you. You don't even remember it? Like, they had no idea about the plays, Kevin. You know what they remembered? Hey, coach, remember when you did this in the locker room? And mm -hmm. we used to play, started at the bottom, and now, you know, now we're here. The Drake's on. Mm -hmm. we, were, we, we, were, we were worse the first. Basically, that's what they're called. Worse the first. We were mm -hmm. worse in the bottom. Mount St. Mary's was on top. And then we became in first. But those players didn't even remember. I, I was shocked that they didn't remember the drills, the plays. I was drawing up at dinner, drawing up like plays on napkins oh. and posters. Meanwhile, but they remembered like, coach, remember when you wore that tie? And coach, remember when you did this? Remember when you, you know, I had, a, I was playing one day in practice and a girl was hurt and she came back and I made a move and I actually broke her ankles again. But I, I just looked like she fell down. And they remember that. Like, it was like crazy. <laughs> it's a messed up story, right? Because I felt bad. The girl was like, hurt and she came back and I was just playing playing with them right and she got hurt again and and but they remembered the, you know those things so it was like the things they remember were like you know um I used to do all like different things like we had um my nickname for DJ was DJ one <laughs> old new and everything <laughs> all right, listen, to this. listen to this so the t-shirt that they came up with and nothing to do with my DJ name was it was one it was from my neighbors when he was at Washington the guy in Arkansas and it was one like so everything was one like you together one you know how you do one two three we were doing three two one we flipped <laughs> everything like so culture so their thing was and we had t-shirts made up and we made it fun like I had posters and everything like so everything was one right so you you come up with a theme or a slogan but have the players do it Tyler have your workers do it mm -hmm. have you you know collaborative you know, my way to the highway is kind of is is kind of fading out now. You need you need to like players gotta like you and care about you and vice versa. You know, you gotta yeah. show that you care about them. But we had this one, and then they started laughing because they was like, oh one and DJ one, and they started making fun of me with the DJ and stuff like that. So it was it was good. You know? That's some powerful stuff, and uh, it's uh, I I just wanted to say thank you so much, Coach Clifford, because I think yeah, just. Hearing your perspective on, on coaching is, is a lot of the same things that our leaders are going through in evolution right now. The workers are demanding things that are different than, than what was uh, previously thought, but we know win is one, um, people being our greatest culture, our greatest asset. Um, you really gave a lot of great tidbits on what um, individuals in these uh, businesses need to start doing today to really attract um, those top recruits. Um, whether on or off the court. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for all your valued insights. And when's when's your first game tipping off this year? November 12th at home, we have a tournament, the 12th and 13th. We play at 8 o'clock, and our big game is against Damon. They are our rival. They beat us last year. We beat them in the championship, and then they beat us in the Sweet 16. So that's in January. All right. So. Well, Tyler and I will be there with some foam <laughs> fingers cheering you on. <laughs> I don't care. Thanks for having me. I'm going to leave you with this for leaders. I'm going to leave, the, leave you with this. You can write these down. Be flexible during COVID, especially or post-COVID. Be flexible. Mm -hmm. Be adjustable, and that's similar, right? Be resilient. But be available. Think about how many people behind the door you don't see. Like our president of our college, when, you, when recruits come to visit, most of the time, they see her. They meet her. How about meeting the president of a company or wow. the president of the college, wow. right? So be available. Be flexible. Be positive, um, you know, lead by example, um, you know, but get, get to know your people, right? Relationships. Mm -hmm. and, and then what is your why? And I think caring about your players. Like, for example, like if I worked nine to five and I, my dad passed away and I had to go to a wait for a couple of days, I mean, I've had a boss that say like, why are you not at work? <laughs> are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, where, where it should be like, you should be at the funeral. You should have been at the mm -hmm. wake. You should have been maybe sending flowers to my family. Like, that's what I would do, you know? So I think really like following up that connection, like meeting people, like someone just by the office, 
I used to be on the phone, not even paying attention to them. You know, now I'm really where my feet are, right? So be available, be like, you know, the other stuff could wait. You know, I, mm-hmm. I know we have deadlines mm-hmm. and paperwork and all that stuff, but people first, players first, relationships, you know, like John Calipari said, read his book. It's really interesting because, you know, people don't know. People think about him like we're recruiting and like maybe cheating and things like that. But he, him and his wife donate all the like winter stuff to the homeless and stuff like wow. that. Like, I mean, again, I'm not the biggest John Calabari fan, but I read that book and it's like changed my view on people. So don't judge a book by its cover, but really mm-hmm. research and read up on your, like, for example, I follow Nick Saban. I follow Bill Belichick. I follow, like, and I'm a basketball coach. Kev, go mm-hmm. to another sport. Like, I'll go watch a soccer practice. I'll go watch a volleyball practice. You know, when I was at Buff State, I watched like the hockey team practice just to see if I could pick something up, you know. Hmm. So those are just some some food for thought there. That's so helpful. And I think it re- <laughs> yeah. really resonates with leaders is 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 that they everybody's trying to be flexible. And um, so those those are fantastic. This was a fantastic episode, coach. And we Tyler and I can't wait to come oh, out yeah. and cheer you and your team on. Um, and see a little tour of that office and maybe have a few sweetest fish over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Might be old guy by the time you get <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, man. Thanks so much, Thanks Coach. Me, we appreciate it. Have Thanks, a great sir. day.